that central area is going to be like common ground, you know, communal space and they barbecue there or something. And then um, each home is going to have its own little plot, you know, like uh, for garden. Ngaranoa Rewati Ngata of Tauranga Moana Hapu Ngatikahu. We're standing in one of the four bedroom homes looking across the grass verge and imagining what the Papakainga, a hapu based housing project, might look like in the near future. Yeah, one of our young men he asked, Oh, Auntie, you think we can have a garden out there? See where that car's going? Yes. Down that way. And I said, Oh, actually, that would be wonderful. Like, have a communal garden down there, and everybody could go down there. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, like, already. I think at the end of the day, the principle that we're thinking of is warm homes, safe for our people, healthy for our people, and less stress for our people. The homes have finished being built and the gardens are plush with native plants. Ngāti Kahutepura Trust have built 12 homes, some two-bedroom for kaumātua or elderly, and four-bedroom homes for families. At the time of my visit, the next phase was the installation of the whiteware. So, how did they do it? And what was the process? In part two of this series about Māori housing, I talk with Ngaranoa Rewatingata, Mitsa Rahiri, and the Trust's chairman, Piripi Hikairo. This is Tiahika. I'm Justine Murray. <laughs> I'm the chairman of the um, Natiko Tepura Trust, which were the which is the landowners of the current Papakainga in Taranga Moana in our Natiko Whenua. Well, I guess just to go back to the housing concept that was instigated by the Western Bay Forum at that time, um, which had a lot to do with uh, Victoria. Um, before she became Papakainga Solutions. Victoria Kingi is company director of Papakainga Solutions Limited. They project manage Papakainga and land development projects with Māori trusts and incorporations. And I remember in 2010, we were all those who were interested in um, building homes we were asked to go to a meeting at Hairini uh, Marae at that time. And then, of course... Uh, me being me, think I know everything. <laughs> I didn't even turn up, but but my cousins, my cousin did. What year was that again? Two thousand and ten. So six years ago. Yep. And then uh, my cousin turned up, and then he rang me straight after the meeting, and he said, "Oh, you should have come because this is something that you fellas want." So anyway, he gave me the background and everything, and Toronga uh, Moana were were, um, I guess, um, one of the first relationships that. Uh, uh, was, you know, in terms of going around to see interested uh, trusts. And uh, Patrick Nicholas was, um, whether it was hired by them or employed by them, he was the one going around to do all the interviews. And then Patrick came to our trust and had had discussions. And I guess it was a, just a start preliminary thing. At that time, you, you think about it, and then you think back to, you know, how many of us have tried before you know, to get somewhere, and, and I thought, oh, well, this might be a journey for our, our trust. So we'll hang in there and, and we'll see where we go. So after Patrick done all that all that um, thing, you know, went back to the trust board, 
Um, and I don't know what the setup was there, mm. but um, all, all, all we knew as a trust is that we filled in the papers saying, yes, we can do this, we can do that. In the meantime, uh, during that period of time, Victoria, um, Te Pio, Pio Kawe, Kawe uh, Te Ruruanga, Te Keti, and there were two others. They started the what they call the toolkit. I forget the, the name of the toolkit at that time, but it was the Papakanga toolkit for Tauranga Moana. Te Kete Paraha mō ngā papakainga is the Māori Housing Toolkit. There are five steps to the process of building homes on Māori-owned land. Developing the idea and vision, fact-finding and research, working with other owners, technical advice and the final stage is creating a papakainga development plan. Late 2010, that's when the message came to us about uh, papakainga um, a training, a training uh, seminars and all that. So I decided to uh, put our trust in there. We, we put Natiko um, to put a trust as an interested party, and then they started running the um, the courses uh, through Victoria, which was uh, for those interested in Papakanga housing. So we went through that for the whole the whole of the year 2011. There were eight courses that they ran every month. They were they were uh, good sessions, you know, three hours just right. You know, you just don't get your mind boggled up or anything like mm-hmm. that. Which is just enough. So in the meantime, after every after every session, you had homework to do. You come back and report to your you know to your trustees, and then you got to do all this other stuff. So that went on that went on for the whole of of that that time. And then um, the interest in, in 2012, we kept, well, some of us kept going to the, the, the new sessions, you know, because we were thinking, oh, you know, we better stay there now because we're, we're, close, we're close to something. <laughs> and then uh, that's when uh, probably in the middle of 2012, Victoria come and asked, were we serious? We said yes. Mm. And so then when the whole process started, when administering Māori-owned land, most times there are multiple owners. Pirabi says that this presented the most challenges. And then, and then of course, it's the meetings with all your people, you know, your beneficiaries and that. And then, you know, it's like everything else. You take 10 tips forward and they pull you back 20. That would have been and the hardest, eh? Multiple share owners. That was the hardest. Yeah. That was the hardest. And we started with the, with the huia hapu, huia benefits. See... One of the things that a lot of people got to remember is we carried on from our tūpunas. It wasn't a, a thing of of you going to learn how to do this like how you do today. When you want to become a trustee, you got to go to school and, and, and learn their way. In our, in our day, you were put on there by your whānau and you followed the directions of your tūpuna had just gone. And that's how we did it. You know, we, we just said, oh, we call a huia hapu, we talk to our people, and what our people say goes. And, of course, all along the way, there were mistakes made because there's a difference between L-O-R-E and L-A-W, and we're caught up in that and, and using all our energy to, to look after those things where by the time you got to the, the real energy where they wanted it, 
you know, half of us were sapped out anyway, just dealing with our our other things. But the reality became uh, a lot closer when the government finally approved our funding. And then, of course, we had to find our share. And um, for, for a trust that, you know, had a very minimal amount of income, um, when, when I sit here today and look at it, uh, we've done really well. Um, so, so that just brings you up to the play of the times of the um, when we got the financial input. We had created a project team at that time, and the project team had to be made up of the runanga because the runanga were the, I guess what you call a, a, a body that was already structured. Runanga Natiko, what which we call trunk in, in short, but I mean that was our body who were already structured, who were legalised, and had a background, um, you know, a background in, in, in funding applications, all that. So we had to use that, and then the trust, um, they umbrella the trust. So that brings us up to the present day. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, do you want to talk about the um, the structure of the project team? That was the structure, and we met most times. We met every month. Hardly ever missed. We we did miss a few, months, you know. But um, the important thing was that we were checked and checked and balanced on everything that we were doing, mm. because we have the architect representing us to the government. He was the one that had put all the reports into the government and uh, making sure that uh, everything was on track. Um, so you had Victoria. Uh, looking after the things that she looked after. Then you had the builders looking after the, the contract itself. In hindsight, we're here today now. For me, uh, I have to say I learned a hell of a lot. Learned a hell of a lot in, 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 in these sort of things, um, especially when you're dealing with your own people. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to keep believing in yourself because no matter what your people do, whether it's right or wrong, they're still your people. You can't you can't get angry and nasty. You can only last for one hour, <laughs> uh, and then you and then you're back loving them again. So, what was one of the most what was one of the most important lessons from that from those years that you learned? I, I think the most important lesson that I learned is slow down and go through the proper uh, structures. Ngaranoa Riwati Ngata lives in Wairua, Tauranga Moana. No Ngati Rangi Nui, she is one of the queer of the marae, a long-time activist and understands the lengthy process it's taken to build the homes. But the project itself is a reflection of what her elders wanted for a long time. Many no longer here to see it come to fruition. Um, uh, te Wairoa Settlement Trust, um, me au te tahi o ngā trustees o te Ngāti Kahutipura Trust, 
Mitsarahiri was more or less at the site every day. He talks about the process of hiring the architects and the building contractors. I'm on the Lunang of Natiko. I'm the vice chair. Philip what Philip said. Yeah, let's go back to 2013. That's when he brought the concept of Papakaino back to our hapu. And from there, we uh, created a PCG group, a uh, project and control group. And uh, two of us from Larunanga, which was uh, Motai Kuka and myself, and two from the Natiko Tipura Land Trust, which Piripi Karo and Naruno Reoti. And um, our project manager was... Victoria Kingy, and Linda was our secretary, Linda Carroll. And from there we interviewed uh, six building companies, and out of that six building companies, ABC Construction on that contract. Then we interviewed uh, the architect, um, Babbage Architectural, uh, Auckland Company, Oh, so builders and then the architects. Oh, so the other way around, oh, yeah, architect. Yeah, yeah. So you had a look at. So yeah. did you shortlist the architects? Uh, we interviewed uh, five of them again. Yeah, yep. and then and uh, and Babbage won that contract Cup under home. Frank Cleary, and um, ABC had to go and do all the infrastructure. We got all the pricing, and from there, um, I think we had submitted our what you call it to yeah, the to the government body for funding yeah, yeah. Submission. yeah submission to the, to the funding company yeah. and um, I think it was it 2010 or 2015 just before Christmas we, we found out that we had been uh, successful in getting that funding so can I ask about Putia and how much this whole thing cost 3.6 3.6 million. And how many homes are here? There's 12. 12. Uh, 12 altogether. Uh, six four-bedroom homes and six two-bedroom komatua homes. Three of the houses, uh, there's two different types of uh, four-bedroom homes. The three up here are the same and the three down there. It's just different. Yep. So two bathrooms in this house... Bath, shower, neutral colours, and then we come into here. This looks like the master. It's got a bit of a walk-in wardrobe. And they're all double wardrobes. Oh, yes, this is the um, the washroom, which is at the rear of the house, right next to the clothes line. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love this. Oh, it's going up and down. We try to kind of... Oh, have that too. view shaft to mow on, you know. Um, in most cases, which is why all these... All the, all, the, all, the lounge, yeah. all the lounges are all facing towards... Yeah, mow Sunrise. And see, like, on that rise there, well, over on the other side, all the, the utilities have actually been taken up there already, and they're just sitting um, up on the top of the hill there, ready to be joined, you know, so the... The homes that are built down over that side, the eight home house sites, they'll be able to connect up to the power and water and stuff. Yeah. It's already been set on. So I guess the capital outlay has been a lot more even ultra band. Uh, ultra band. What do you call it? Ultra fast. Yeah, yeah. Fiber. Yeah. And so, you know, 
we actually got that put on as well. So it was a little bit of an extra cost. But we got it put on for like 24 homes, not just 12. Stage two would be over there. Stage three would be over there, you know. So more and homes popping up, eh? Yeah, that, well, that's... Of course, we were, we were probably popping up daisies by then. <laughs> this is a 50-year plan. <laughs> so you've got so to think probably, about succession. But we, we, yeah, we're thinking about, you know, in the future. We, we need to put things in place in the future. And, and also, you know, because of the, obviously, the, the puti or the money that's been required to do some of these things, it's probably perhaps more than what it would normally be. But we thought, well, we could either just, you know, do for the short term or think ahead long term. That central area is going to be like common ground, you know, communal space and barbecue there's something. And then um, each home is going to have its own little plot, you know, like uh, for garden. Uh, but actually one of the tenants, the one who's staying in that, going to be living in that firehouse, yeah, one of our young men, he asked, oh, auntie, you think we can have a garden out there? See where that car's going? Yes. Down that way, and I said, Oh, actually, that would be wonderful. Like, have a communal garden down there, and everybody could go down there. It makes sense. Yeah, so you know, like, already, I think at the end of the day, the principle that we're thinking of is warm homes, safe for our people, healthy for our people, and less stress for our people. And when I say that, I'm, you know, thinking of our young ones as well. So they can just go to school, learn their mahi, come home to a, a home that's like warm and cosy to be in, whether it's winter time or summer time, and um, you know, in beautiful surroundings. So, our wairua, you know, tinana, everything else, they'll be, yeah, I think it'll be beautiful for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, that's really the integral part of it as well. It's not just a physical setting up of these homes is what they represent and what they will mean for those who presently will be sent them and for those who will go into them into the future. The next phase after the construction of the homes was complete was to get the tenants in. The Trust adopted a process that was stringent and transparent. They advertised on their website and via social media. And like any tenancy arrangement, they interviewed the families. But they didn't just do the regular checks. They wanted to find out how they connected back to their marae. We needed to be really clear. For our, our people needed to be really clear about what we expect and what we, what we will expect and yes. what we will accept yep. and not accept in terms of our project. And so it's a privilege to be in one of these homes. It's not to take it for granted just because they belong to Ngāti Kahu. You know, the, the fact that that um, if they receive one of the, these homes, they are to honour it as much as it has taken hard work, sweat and tears to bring it to fruition. In terms of the interviews and applications, first of all, uh, we made them aware through our Marae page and through your advertising that um, people could advertise uh, for either one coma to a uh, mm. unit. Like apply. Yes, apply. or two, two for whānau home. And uh, we we set out what they were like, um, what our expectation was, and then we had we set, we had time frames uh, when the application went out uh, for public notice, when they had to return the applications, they had to be in by a certain date, a certain time. We stayed exactly to the rule of that. We didn't go over it, you know, at all because there were some people that. Um, 
they put an application in. They were just a little bit late, late. but we had to stay. We had to stay with them. That we didn't bend on that at all. And then the same thing when we had the interviews. Then we set out a time and place for them to meet with us, and um, that was an all day, an all day process. Was that? Did you get many applicants? Yes, yes, we did. And um, we actually also had a a panel um, of 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 us, some of us, and also an independent person on that panel. That was Victoria Kingy. So it's kind of a tough, well, not tough, but yes. a very stringent process. A- absolutely. Yep. And where there were um, people that, you know, that they had to whakapapa to uh, Ngāti Kahu, yes. you know, and they had to show that whakapapa. Um, and, and we got them to fill out a, a particular um, question sheet, you know, how many in the family, are they working, are they oh, not yep. working, are they yep. aged, whatever. How many tamariki, mokopuna, will they be queer staying with them, or koroa, or... You know, just all, we try to um, have as wide a questionnaire as possible. Um, and one of the most important questions that we put in there was, um, what was their commitment to the marae? What was their commitment, you know, their cultural connection, their commitment to the marae? Because we... That's an interesting question. Well, we, yeah. we know that, you know, papakainga, it brings people back home, but we want people who are coming home, but who are actually going to, to have a commitment to the marae as well, and to participate in not the just come and sit yeah. on the land and be individuals living mm. here, uh, because a lot of the applications came from those who live out of Tauranga, mm. as well as those who do live closer to home. So yeah, it was it was a large process. So that first interview was held, and at the end of that, we deliberated on on all the responses. They had a, we had a value on them, and on that we chose our first twelve. Tenants, prospective tenants, and so that was, was good. So they they know up front what is what our um, expectations was around Papakainga, <clears throat> and then they were invited to share any korero that they felt was important. And what we want to see um, in this Papakainga project is our people come here, rent homes, and then from here move into home ownership. Second stage is we already have eight. Home sites that have been um, drawn out, the plans being drawn out for them, for shareholders within this particular block, and uh, that's for home ownership. So we we see the rental housing as a um, a hand up or help towards them eventually having their own home. Um, so you know that's that's something that we as Maori need to be clear about that we can. We can own our own home.